From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Ground Soup. Welcome back to The Stoop Sessions. My name is Joel Kurz. I'm Stephanie Greer. And Eric is not with us today, so it's just Stephanie and I sitting on The Stoop. I know, you sound really sad about that. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm cool. This I yeah. like sitting on the stoop with you. No, I, 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 agree. I agree. You're a good conversationalist. Thank you. I do think it's good that you acknowledge Eric early on. Whenever we did the last interview and we're like, Joel hasn't been here. Mm. So it's good that you thought about us in the first 10 seconds. It's so selfless of you. Yeah. Anyway, how are you today, Joel? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Oh, man. Now I feel like it's an interview and now I instantly think through Alistair Begg's, you know, that sermon snippet. Where mm-hmm. he's talking about the worship leader being like, "How is everyone today?" Mm-hmm. You ever and he heard says, that? "Don't start with how are you because yeah. I feel miserable. I'm hor- I don't want to be here. I need I need like the word to call me into yeah. How are we doing after we have gazed? Yeah. Maybe we could ask that question Lord. toward the end of the service. Yeah. So how are you doing? That now? that then I end every sermon like I came here with a bunch of stuff on my mind and now yeah. I can only think about the glory of God. That's good. So that's like a good segue. It I is a good segue because last. Uh, time we talked, we talked about personal evangelism. Today, we yeah. want to talk about corporate evangelism. And what uh, what I mean by that is I want to recognize that uh, evangelism is not just like a Lone Ranger Christian kind of thing right. where Christians are doing their own thing and it's disconnected from the local church. Yeah, like, oh, the pace of the church is too slow or these people are too weird mm-hmm. or there's too many... Um, roadblocks for me and I'm just going to do my own thing, which yeah. is kind of, it's kind of our niche right now. Our, as in like our a, meaning, I think my, uh, I was going to say age group. Yeah. I feel like I'm like always having Maybe the, the ethos of the day. Maybe. I mean, I can't generalize, but it is a conversation. I just yeah. want to do my own thing. Um, and that's not always seen from a selfish heart. It's just, yeah. let's really talk about what's the benefits of, Real evangelism. Yeah, and I think, too, we, we don't give the church enough cred sometimes. Like, over the years, I've definitely heard people have this kind of mentality. I may have had it in years past myself when I was younger and in different churches and stuff. But the, sort of this idea of, like, these are my connections that I have that I've been building with lost mm-hmm. people. And um, I don't really trust the church relationships, my yeah. church friends, to, like, handle this well. Like, yeah. they're not as swaggy as I am or yeah, whatever, or, I mean, or they can't talk the way I talk. And yeah. I, it's like, only I can handle this relationship. Yeah. It's interesting that you described yourself as swaggiest, but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, what that in of itself, but I get it. We feel like we've been nurturing these relationships and we almost want to be like, Oh, it's not, we're not ready to, to, to open that up or bring that somewhere. Or it might, something might get ruined or the gospel yeah. might get lost. Um, and so the church is, uh, not, culturally appropriate enough or, um, you know, I've heard people say even things like, you know, the church slows me down. Like I, I got to move faster than the church can move. You know, they see their, their personal mission as totally disconnected from their local church. Yeah. And, uh, so I think what we're trying to do in this episode is just push back against that Mm -hmm. and say, uh, you know, granted there, there can be bad churches out there, but by and large, I mean, the people of God are the people of God. You know, assuming you're in a healthy church uh, or a church with regenerate people, you got the spirit of God living in these pe- these people. And uh, they might be a generation older or a generation younger than the people you're working with or maybe a different culture. 
but we want to talk about how the church is involved in our personal evangelism, how the church creates a culture of evangelism, and how the church corporately does evangelism together. Yeah. When you were describing the scenario, um, what you started with, I really did think about myself, right? I... uh, got saved, wasn't in a local church at first. Um, and so there was a kind of a desire of like, oh, I'm evangelizing, I'm sharing the gospel. There's a big question mark there that I think the local church is what I was missing. Mm-hmm. But um, I, as always, whenever we're having these discussions on the stoop, I'm always like, oh yeah, I can I can relate. And so it's and actually... Oh. Just to dig in a little bit there, like the local church was missing... In what way? Like, were you ignoring the local church in your evangelistic yeah. connections? or uh, I would say I got saved in a town where accessibility to a solid local church was not readily available unless you had, like, a car or a ride um, getting saved in college. And um, I got saved hearing the gospel but uh, didn't have a discipleship uh person in my life that emphasized the local church. So mm-hmm. I thought of church as something you do for sure but not an essential thing to yeah. my salvation yeah. um, and so that wasn't even me trying to go rogue it really would have been reading yeah. Ephesians that would have opened up uh, yeah. realizing that Christ is coming back for his church that started making me think I actually need to find a church and stay there that takes spiritual maturity and time yeah. you know uh, I think sometimes people just are eager they genuinely are eager they want to see their their friends get saved uh, they see their church as helpful for them. Mm-hmm. They just can't imagine how their church could be helpful for their friends. Like, yeah. I can't imagine my friends sitting in this church. But then we forget the fact that, wait a second, I'm sitting in this church. Yeah, I got here. I mean, I think that's even, as we think about the outreach and opportunities that God has put before us, even our kids, you know, who um, oftentimes wander in from the neighborhood and we're like, oh, can we have them sit with us in church? Yeah, the, is is the gospel not able to be grasped? And, yeah. and it, what, did it not save me and did and, I not need this? Which we had this last Sunday. We had, what, like four neighborhood yeah, girls yeah, come? Yeah, yeah, One, I was like, did you tell your mama we were here? And yeah. then that's when you saw the sweet. And they, they sat there, you yeah. know, and like... Uh, they were singing... Um, his, not his mercy is more, but we're, we're right. seeing some, uh, it was finished on the cross. You know what I thought was like, there there could be a hesitation maybe in some of our hearts to invite neighborhood kids to church because we don't have like a children's ministry. We don't right. do, the, all, but then these girls come and they sit through the whole service and they're engaging with people afterward. I'm like, man, that's convicting and encouraging. Yeah, it helps me remember. Anyway, uh, yeah. Back to the local church. Yeah, uh, to the bigger picture. So <laughs> Romans 10, 14 and 15 How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him Mm -hmm. of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And and so all of this is pushing us to say, hey, we've got to... Sent from where? We've got to preach the gospel, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, exactly. That takes us to the next line. How are they to preach unless they are sent? And so that very, very fact that, that Paul says that they're sent means that the Great Commission is church-based, not Lone Ranger activity. Mm-hmm. It's not parachurch activity. Yeah. You know, certainly individuals and parachurches can share the gospel, but but we are pushing like a, a church-based Great Commission understanding to where it's the community of God's people yeah. in covenant with one another yeah. who are sending and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ as the, the butchers of truth. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what someone sees when they join, um, when they become believers and they see this collective group of people that may have nothing in common besides being blood-bought, um, 
it it does say something. Um, Jamie Dunlap in, in his book Compelling Community says, when two people share Christ, even if everything else is different, they're closer than even blood ties could ever bring them. They are the family of God. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we see displayed in a way that individual evangelism, mm-hmm. though important and essential, cannot communicate. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, Jamie Dunlop, if you remember his testimony at our one of our workshops that we did, Jamie moved intentionally across the street from his church for the sake of like, we can do more together to display the love of Christ to our neighbors than mm-hmm. I can just individually out there by myself somewhere. Yeah. Individual evangelism, witnessing to your neighbor on the block, loving the kids, um, looking at real strategic ways to proclaim the gospel Still essential. We're not saying Absolutely. That. Personal evangelism. Yes, essential. And what we're saying is um, the church yeah. has a place. I read this story of a king who was really angry with his son, and he swore in his anger that he was going to take this big boulder and stone his son with it. And... Uh, as soon as he, he swore this, he, was, he regretted it because he loves his son. He doesn't want to kill his son. But, you know, in the culture of the, 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 in which the king lived, I don't even know if this is a true story, but supposedly he had to go through with it because he swore that he was going to throw this right, boulder at his son. Your word is important. His word matters. And so a wise sage comes along and he says, I have an idea. Why don't you break the, this big rock into a thousand pebbles and then just throw all those individual pebbles at your son and it won't have the same impact that the big stone together will have. And so that's what he did and he, you know, it saves his son's life in that way. My point though in sharing that is, is that sometimes we think of our selves as a thousand individual pebbles, mm. kind of do, everybody's yeah. doing their own thing but it doesn't make the impact yeah. that we could have if all those pebbles joined together as yeah. one large stone. Like what kind of damage now could we do yeah. to the kingdom of Satan yeah. as we throw this boulder yeah. together with all of our weight? So my, my, my thought here is, is that we are to combine our efforts. And the more we combine our efforts, the more we share mm-hmm. evangelistic relationships uh, you know, living in the neighborhood, for instance, for us, you know, we, we, we promote the idea of living intentionally near your church, not as some like extra biblical, right. you, you know, don't get an extra like boy scout as if the Bible requires it. Yeah. There's no extra patch for that. No, there's, yeah. You don't get the, like the Iwana clubs patch, right? Uh, <laughs> the boy scout patch, but it's just a good, it's a strategy, uh, Sharing relationships is a strategy. The point is just how can we together make the greatest impact and yeah. do the greatest damage? Yeah, and I think not not in and of ourselves, but that's where we see the power and the wisdom of the Lord really take place. As we, you know, practical ways of doing that is, um, you know, letting other people know heads up. Like, I, I mean, I have some neighbors and some individuals that will come into the office and they'll say, I'm going to stop by church and being really intentional about letting um a former member or someone know, hey, this person might stop by. It almost like widens the sphere of influence that I have in their lives by saying, let me introduce you to so-and-so. And so there's one more person for them to know and hopefully yep. another opportunity to hear the gospel. Yeah, I think, so if we could kind of create some bullet points here, yeah. I think the first one is to include other church members in your personal evangelism. Uh, to Let's not think of my personal context 
contacts as my contacts, but how can I make them Stephanie's contacts as well? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we had one of our members, I remember, uh, brought a guy that he had been reaching out to for a couple of years on his block. Uh, One day he just, it kind of hit him like, I've kind of like kept him to myself. Mm -hmm. And I see him as like my evangelistic contact somebody that I'm trying to build with and share the gospel with, but I've never thought of introducing him to other people in the church. Yeah. And so he just brought him over to the office one day and introduced him to some of our interns and to myself and to others. And he was just simply trying to like, hey, let's share this. Yeah, especially knowing that we could run into each other again. You Which know? we did. And so the guy actually cut grass. And so I hired him to cut the grass in my backyard. And, you know, and so all of a sudden, our church member's not alone. Mm-hmm. In his work, yeah. but we're but now it's it's multiple folks yeah. that and are n- not even in a sense of like this is my project, but it's actually for the encouragement of the church member as well. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as as long as it's called today, encourage each yeah. other. So it's something yeah. for us to look and say: keep preaching the gospel, keep proclaiming the truth. Yeah. Um, do not get discouraged. Yeah. I mean, you get to do that all in a glance when you introduce somebody to somebody else. So I, it's it, it, I'm happy you brought that up because it's not something you think about. Right. Merging those worlds, especially when you want to You actually brought that up. Oh. I like I, I like taking the credit, but I just summarized oh, I what you brought you. up. Yeah. Okay, cool. I forgot that quickly. <laughs> um but yeah, like your coworkers, uh, yeah. you know, your neighbors, others, you know, even family members, like what are ways that we could be introducing them to other church members? Yeah, strategic ways. Uh one uh, way that uh Kevin and I were looking forward to doing this around our wedding time is to like purposely make wedding events around Sunday. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just to think about strategic things that if you already have commonalities with people who are around and who you're proclaiming with, I mean, you might as well say, hey, we also gather on this day. And so I think we wanted to do like a like a brunch right after, but said, we won't know like when we'd leave. So we meet meet us, meet us at church at 1030. Stay with us for service. And then we'll go to like, you know, this local restaurant. And of course, those things didn't yeah. come to fruition thanks COVID but just strategically thinking about people love to celebrate you yeah, um, yeah. and we use the wedding in different ways and the you Lord know, did but using yeah. something like a wedding it's interesting because I, I've heard of others using their weddings intentionally in that way like one couple that I knew of they they intentionally invited their whole church to their wedding they were at a large church they didn't even know all their members personally but they just put it out there like we want you know, why did you, I just you want to come? stressed yeah and okay. I, well Here's the thing. Let me let me hold off on that. But uh, when they had they had uh, uh, church members show up, and they were sitting next to their friends, some of whom don't know Christ, yeah. and there was an engagement between one of their friends, and they said, "Hey, how do you know the bride and groom?" And the answer was, "I actually don't really know them well, but I, we're part of the same church." Wow. And it immediately just kind of created this interest and in like, why are you here? And they're yeah. like, well, because I uh, support them and, you know. Yeah, it's a peek into that community. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And so there's ways that we can use even something like our wedding to connect people with yeah, people. Now, birthdays. here's the thing, all right. Yeah. Can I say, can, can my little, my little shtick on weddings? Shtick. Man. We have let the wedding oh, Lord. industry. Oh, Lord, you to piper me and tell me I need cake and punch. I don't know about Piper. This is Joel Kurz. <laughs> we need to let, we, we have let the wedding industry yeah. just dominate how we think about weddings. Yeah. And so instead of actually weddings being a communal thing, weddings are this 
very, very like exclusive thing. Kids aren't invited. Very small list. You know, like not even all your church members are yeah. invited. Yeah. Why? It's because of the wedding industry. And it's because it's like, oh my goodness, we got to pay, you know, $80 a head. That's not even it anymore. It's like so whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just like yeah. thinking we need to like rethink weddings a little bit. You know, is is it, uh, can we do a potluck for a reception? Yeah. I mean, it, we've done it before. Anyway. We've done it before. But yeah. That's not what this is about. It's not about, it's uh, not a rip on that. That's but not, it is, thus say it the Lord, thus say it No, jokers. it is a strategic way though to think about your events and, and thinking about doing that way. But there's some other ways. There's some other ways. Just for those who are like, Thinking about getting married. So I'll give you a second way. All right, um, so also one thing we could think about is something like Christianity Explained, which we talked about last mm-hmm. week. Doing that as as a group within your church, you know, group classes or dinner groups that maybe uh, could be promoted in uh, a handout or in a bulletin or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ways that we could say, hey, you know, you've got some friends, I've got some friends, we've got some connections. What, are, what if we did like a dinner together and... One of us, or all together, we we hosted this a Christianity explained class. That's good. That's good. And when you said that, it made me think of um, starting small groups. I mean, everyone has their yeah. different ethos and philosophies on small groups. So one of one opportunity we had was to do small groups that weren't necessarily um, that, that were around certain commonalities. And so that mm-hmm. is was a really sweet way to like evangelistic, yeah, small, evangelistic groups, small groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah to be. Um, pursuing people and then you also do it with other believers yeah. so it's strengthening your own faith yeah. while encouraging someone else and that got started from people just being in church like it's individuals that were coming to church and like who's already coming here on Sundays right right who's already coming here and they kind of you know the ones they like leave as soon as they can usually are not around for communion like they mm. dip but it's really like whoa they're they, this is a real sweet spot so let's let that be our third point all right. To start with those who come on One, Sundays. One, two, three. Yep. So if we think of, you know, there's got to be at least a handful of people that come to your church on Sundays that don't know Christ. Yeah. So don't assume. One. Yeah. Like maybe we assume that people are Christians and mm-hmm. or we okay. don't think of them evangelistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for me personally, like a lot of my own personal evangelism comes out of just who shows up on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And you know they 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 sing the songs and they kind of present like a Christian, and then you sit down with them and you start asking them like, so how did you become a Christian or what's tell me your story and you realize like, oh wow, they they don't know Jesus. Yeah, and most of your conversations like that have been a sigh of relief. Like everyone thinks I am a Christian. Right. Right. No one's ever told me I'm not, and I don't feel right. like I am. And so that's just for those who love who get overwhelmed with lists and say, "Man, this sounds like a whole other assignment." It's actually not. I, I think that's also another beauty of thinking about the church doing evangelism is we are literally being the body together, yeah, functioning together, carrying, enduring standing up under those things and it really does do damage to the kingdom of Satan. And so yeah. again, realizing, oh man, th- I, I'm going to attend church. I'm going to pray for eyes and I'm going to ask a question yeah. um, and see who's right in front of me or beside me. Yeah. So I, th- yeah, I've had so many conversations stuff where, like you said, uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell them straight up, like, you know, based on what you're saying, you you know, according to what the Bible says, you're not a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll try to emphasize like according to what the Bible says, because I don't want to present like I'm some kind of like, yeah, like 
Yeah, like I can judge the spirits, yeah. and, you know, or um, that I'm just being judgmental. But, you know, based on what a Bibli- biblically what a Christian is and what a biblical Christian professes or confesses, uh, you're not a Christian, you know. And I try to say that as clear as possible. And so many times they're like, yeah, I don't know if I am. And yeah. I've never been able to have a real conversation mm-hmm. because everybody assumes I'm a Christian yeah. and nobody's ever asked me before. Yeah. You know, and I actually have deep doubt as to whether or not mm-hmm. I'm a Christian and I've never been able to have an honest conversation with somebody about that. Yeah, and then the dialogue now. becomes, what then must I do to be saved? Yeah, I think of uh, Tanika in our church yeah. came in and a uh, very similar kind of conversation. Uh, sat down, you know, I could tell by kind of her lack of confession of clear faith that she had doubts. And I, I told her, I, you know, you're not a Christian based on, you know, based on what you say. And she was like, she, she was teary, but she was relieved. Mm. She was like, I was sitting in my car this whole time trying to think through like, how mm. do I tell a pastor that I don't know if I'm a Christian? Wow. And I was like, you know, I'm so glad that you can, you know, and it's that freedom. Yeah. We just got to be aware of the fact that some people don't realize it's okay to express their doubts to you. And so we've got to work to kind of create this open space to where we allow people to be honest and say, you know, if you don't have it all together, it's, it's not that it's fine, but we can work on that. You yeah. know, I, I want to be, it's fine in the sense of like, it's it's fine to be honest. It's fine mm-hmm. in the sense of like yeah. not having any pretense. Yeah, humbling yourself because there's 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 right. there's salvation for that. Yeah, right. And it's so actually the starting point is to is say, "Good man, what must I do to be saved?" I don't saved? think I'm righteous. Good. Right. <laughs> I don't think I'm good enough. Yes, you know. So mm. yeah, that's good. It's good and it's freeing. And I mean, I guess that that makes me think this, Joel. Real talk. So you think, okay, I'm. Merging my world, I'm realizing evangelism is right in front of me. Okay, the church is important, has a place. What about the gospel that's preached? Like, mm-hmm. what do we preach? What is preached? What do I yeah. do? Is there a different version? Well, you know, uh, yeah. like, it's a real conversation. I think yeah. people are having, what do I introduce? Uh, what is the whole gospel? Can they take this whole thing? So what's it look like for real to say, okay, the church is thinking about this, and then what? Well, I think part of it on preaching is for the preaching pastors that are listening um, is that we do need to preach to the lost as well as the Christians in our context, mm. in our, in our meaning, you know, even if there's no lost people present, kind of assume that there are and address them in your sermon. And if nothing else, it will tell your members that you can bring your lost friends here because your pastor addresses, mm. addresses them. Does that make sense? Some of the reasons Mm. we would hesitate to bring somebody to church is we feel like this is just for Christians. It's all going to be over the head of my neighbor. Um, They're going to feel out very much so out of place. Um, uh, They're going to not feel addressed. And so we can... So Martin Lloyd-Jones, I listened to a lot of Martin Lloyd-Jones sermons back in the day. When I say back in the day, that means like yesterday, <laughs> yesterday ongoing back for the last yeah. decade. I'm like, uh, shout out to the MLJ Trust. I thought you were about to say, check the app out. And so I, I've really been instructed just listening to him and how he kind of handles some subjects on uh, making sure that the gospel is very clear, pleading with sinners in every sermon, 
to to accept Christ, as well as just recognizing uh, that that Christians need the gospel as well. Yeah, you know, PJ Tobian uh, talks about gospelizing, yourself, right? Yeah, and uh, and and it's that same idea of like. Uh, we don't graduate from the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so the very same thing that saves the new believer yeah. is the same thing yep. that I'm leaning in uh, years later down the road. That's the very same thing that sustains us, yeah. Yep. That's good. Yeah, And I think that, that um, when you're saying that, it made me think of the beautiful story in John 4 with the woman at the well, and she said, he's told me everything um, I've ever done. And there's a freedom in being seen. Mm-hmm. But more than that, not just being exposed, there's a freedom in knowing that there, there's salvation in Christ. Yeah. And so that's ultimately what we're saying to ourselves, right? The gospel's yep. true, um, or else we're of, of all men to be pitied. And we say that to our neighbors and the people who we love, that the gospel's true unless we're um, of all men to be pitied. So. Can we close with one final exhortation back to personal evangelism? Yeah. So Spurgeon. I thought you were gonna say, "Can we close in a song?" And I was like, "I don't really." We can close in a song too. Yeah. Well, let's go with your exhortation. Spurgeon was talking about like members of churches Mm -hmm. who are happy about all the stuff that their church does. Lord. But they do nothing. So, for instance, my church is very evangelistic. We do corporate evangelism well, but. Are you personally evangelizing? That's Spurgeon's question. So here's what he says. Let me just read this block quote. He says, you go to them, these kinds of Christians, you go to them and say, well, what is your church doing? Their response. Well, we, we bless God. We are, we are doing a great deal. We have a Sunday school with so many children. Our minister preaches so many times and so many members have been added to the churches the sick are visited, the poor are relieved, and and you stop them and say, well, friend, I'm glad to hear that you're doing so much, but which work is it that you take? Do you teach in the Sunday school? No. Do you preach in the street? No. Do you visit the sick? No. Do you assist in the discipline of the church? No. Do you contribute to the poor? No. Yet I thought you said you were doing so much. Stand out, sir, if you please. You are doing nothing at all. Oh, Spurge. Oh, Spurge. <laughs> but check it out, Steph. Sir, sir. We could have, yeah. There's two, two ways that we could fall in error. One is I do a lot of personal evangelism, divorced from my local church. I don't mm-hmm. need the church. They slow me down. It's just me, Jesus, yeah. and these lost people, you know. The other side is to say, my church is so evangelistic. People are getting baptized. We're sharing the gospel. But what are you doing? Yeah. All I can think of is that album that Shylin did one time called The Church. You ever heard that album? Yeah. All these collectives. It wasn't just Shy, but that album. Mm-hmm. Yep. He started it off. It's a good one. Right? And it talks through conversion and all these things. And Trip, line, Trip Lee does his line. But ultimately, I feel like that's that's where I'm headed. Uh, I keep hearing in my head, and yet I cannot summarize it. But really wanting to place an emphasis on the church so that people would hear the gospel. They would be sent to do the same thing. They'd proclaim that gospel. People would hear, and they'd come and know, know Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives.